Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and with me as always to discuss things uphill, downhill and round and round in circles is my good friend Sarah. How are you Sarah? I'm very good. I actually had, don't tell anyone, too much cycling this weekend. Um, I don't think that's going to surprise anybody. Like, literally nobody is surprised by that. Yeah, but it's too much. I mean, I at one point I had split screens watching the men's downhill world's oh, final. See, and look, the end of, and you've, the already, end of... you've already ruined it. You went wrong right off the... I, what even, why even waste your time watching men's cycling? <laughs> I honestly, oh, I had too much sight. Look, well, easy, close the men's downhill tab, done. See, no, but it problem was over. It's won by a dude who, when I was first getting into yeah, cycling, see, won by a and dude. I did downhill, and who I didn't know anything about, and I looked at him, and I said, oh my god, that boy's got amazing style. And then I turned him over, and I was like, the first thing I, and I, I knew nothing, and it was true. You yeah, know, like, yeah, from yeah, my yeah, first yeah, no, amazing thing. style, yeah, yeah, okay. He's just, and, and yeah, and, and he's been, Loic, Loic Bruni, he's, um, yeah, um, congratulations, Loic. It's, um, he's, he's never had, he's never had a big major international win as well, which has been gutting for him, like, all season he's been coming second and I, second and second and second and now he won and oh, he won it well for fuck's sake we are so far off topic even for us this is ridiculous <laughs> i can't believe we've opened the show about women's cycling and not only have you a acknowledged that men's cycling exists b admitted to watching it but c the first fucking result you've shared is a men's race <laughs> we're so far off brand this is fucked okay we're gonna have to abandon the podcast altogether <laughs> fucking hell well, we've got lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of women's cycling to talk about. We've got the mountain bike and trials worlds. Hey, did you know the trials worlds women's was won by an Australian? I actually I didn't know that. No, so that's uh, cool. Why didn't yes. we go with that? We should have led with that. That had everything. It had women and Australians, like the two <laughs> best things. Uh, you know, put beer in there, and it's oh you know, well, it's Australian, so basically guaranteed to have beer in it. Um, <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> so we've got the mountain bike and trials world we've got the holland ladies to yeah we would have turtle ardash we're gonna to try, to try and talk about it <laughs> well yeah look we kind of we do ish ish you know is that the way like <laughs> i see what you did there you're so funny i know it's so clever it's amazing <laughs> you didn't see me just roll my eyes <laughs> oh is that what slipped under my feet gross <laughs> hey did you know this um apparently uh, oh, I don't know why. Uh, sorry, I just I was just looking. I just thought that the um, women's women's uh, Madrid Classics had actually got a uh, a pe- web page up, but I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, right. Why? You know, why? You know, Ladesh is going to have comprehensive rider diaries before that Madrid Challenge is going to have a fucking web page. So we've also got BMX, and there's a little bit of stuff about Australian paracycling. We've got a little bit of drama. We've got all sorts of things. We're a little bit cyclocross because the cycle cyclocross season has started really jeez yeah. in america they start things early in america this is, this is like all right so this feels like to me and i get that you like it i'm not knocking that you like it but it feels to me like when stores start putting christmas decorations up and you're like it's fucking september like, <laughs> it's exactly like that <laughs> like, what the fuck this is bullshit no, we haven't even had halloween yet like you know fuck Cyclocross should start till Thanksgiving. Those are the rules. I don't even know what Thanksgiving is, let alone when it is. It's so, in November um, sometime. That's, anyway, that's... 
Cycle Cross is European. You're going to have to do that with a European reference, with specifically a Belgian reference. Um, what evs? Because you just referenced American <laughs> Cycle Cross, so I don't think you can suddenly be like, "Ooh, Dan, no, this only works if you use Euro references." Ooh, yeah. I'm so fancy and British and not quite <laughs> EU. Fuck off. I love your English accent. Do on it the, again. On behalf of colonials everywhere, both middle fingers, my friend, both. So, <laughs> yeah. Right there. So, where are we going to start? Where are we going to start? I don't know. I feel like I've started in a very combative mood, and I feel a little bit bad about that, but also kind <laughs> okay. of amused. So. You should be amused. I think it's awesome. Um, okay, so let's, let's go. Let's go. Bowls, yeah, Bowls Rental because... Store. Because when we come on to Turtle Ardash and oh my god, I mean this is why I want to have Turtle Ardash bookended by the Mountain Bike World and Holland Ladies Tour because they gave us so much media and I just want to give a massive big shout out before we start to Ashwin Kruners who does the um, who volunteers for the Bowls Rental Ladies Tour and does PR stuff and for videos and for Ladies Tour and this time he invited Peter Vandervane down Vandervane oh, oh. down to do a, a day of in the in the live tweeting and their videos are fantastic. Also shout out to Felix Mattis who was there and did videos and to Bella Focus, Sean Bella Focus's photos because oh my god and this race is run by volunteers and a lot of people say oh well you know the reason that the French races like Tour de l'Ardèche or Trophée d'Or or whatever can't actually tell us what the fuck's happening in their races oh my god is because they're, they're run by volunteers and I'm like look at Energy Water look at Bowls Rental Ladies Tour it's I mean it could be just that Dutch volunteers are best at volunteers <laughs> maybe they should just say to a load of Dutch volunteers hey we'll fly you down to France and you can run the race or you can, you can do the race that's, 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 that's what you're saying is it's that Dutch volunteers are of a, a better a better quality than French volunteers well, I was thinking trust, about that but, trust but the Swedish, woman, the trust, Swedish and Norwegian volunteers are also pretty fucking yeah, good trust, so I think it might English be a... woman to try and ignore yet ignite yet another hundred years war with the French. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Jeez. Brutal. Uh, you know, I think basically what I was saying is we need to get... I can't even remember the name. Oh god, my brain. Anyway, yes. Uh, we need another Holy Roman Emperor. <laughs> oh my god, no. Oh Jesus. <laughs> That could only be worse if you suggest to bring back Charlemagne. Um, I, I think we should move on and actually talk about the, the Bowls Rental. So, yeah. Bowls Rental Ladies Tour, there's something special about this. It's a six-stage race, and it's an interesting one because they, they play with the... Um, with a format every year but in the past it used to be all sprinty but for the most well for the most recent iterations it's been five stages that are generally flat and then 14 climbs over the Kalberg on the last day <laughs> as as you do because you know when you've only got one hill you you have to hit it a lot those yeah, those so, are the rules so this year basically it's four sprinty type on paper stages and then one time, and then then an ITT and the Kalberg. However, this is the Bowls Rental Ladies Tour, the Holland Ladies Tour. So when you look at the story, oh, that looks pretty flat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that should be pretty easy. <laughs> no, it's all about attacking. There was less wind on the first. I think the funniest thing was Sean Bellafocus was complaining about there wasn't enough wind on the first couple of days. So then it just rained torrentially, and I think he grew gills. <laughs> yeah, because I was... Well, it, <laughs> I get that. that's your favourite thing. My favourite thing was um, Nettie Edmondson was doing rider diaries for Ella Cycling Tips 
um, through the week and her stage three report. I don't want to give that away yet, but that was my absolute highlight. So, oh god. Well, let, let's start. So it starts off with um, it starts off with a day which did have some hills in it, but it ended up with us ended up with a sprint, and it was won by Yolene Dora um, from Wiggle Honda with Lucy Garner second and Lucinda Brown third. And this is a race with bonifications. Um, in the end, you get ten seconds, six seconds, and four seconds off your um, general classification. So that's like whoa, GC straight away. Yep. And um, I particularly loved it because Yolene Dora said something that she says occasionally, which is, yeah, I've achieved my goal. Now I'm just going to sit back and relax. <laughs> I'm just here to help the team from which, now on. <laughs> which is kind of, I, I could be wrong. Please do tell me if you think I'm wrong about this. But I think I'm kind of learning how to interpret Dorisms, which is what they're yep. officially known as now. And I'm pretty confident in stating that that's code for, I'm going to fucking stomp all over the rest of this race. <laughs> crush my enemies under my pedals that's how i translate it in general Um, you know i kind of of look at it and go yeah that's um Mm, mm. (laughs) that's 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 the way i that's the way i translate it but i thought you know it could just be me (laughs) yeah well hey maybe it is just you and you know maybe maybe i'm not fluent in dorist yet but you know dorist yeah so yeah, so um yeah, so uh, also fun fun they said stage two was another sprint and um another door crash. <laughs> <laughs> crash Yeah, Yolene, I'm I, I'm always super happy about that because she's uh yeah, that's that's always uh, you know quite fun to have like, Yolene Dora um yeah, I'm just going to relax from now on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, and, and the rest of the Peloton's going, this is her relaxed? I mean, for fuck's sake, don't piss her off. It's also, so that's Yolene Dora first, uh, Lucinda Brown second, and Christine Majerus third. Mm. Stage three, we had a um, we had a we had a breakaway. A breakaway was had, and it was um, especially a fun one because it well it had to it was two two rider breakaway. Uh, Marta Bastianelli and Lauren Hall. Lauren Hall is an American rider who I have got. I just Lauren Hall's great. Yes. <laughs> And they made it a breakaway that escaped to the end. It was fantastic. And it was so muddy and wet and disgusting and awful. And it was all Sean's fault for saying, oh, we haven't had enough <laughs> Yes. Let's open the heavens. Yeah. There's all these photos afterwards of them all kind of completely covered in mud and yeah. ruined and well, destroyed. And that's part of why I like that, um, that stage report from Nettie so much is because um, – Basically, I I can't remember if it's like the first or second sentence, but it pretty much opens with her going, yeah, um, writing today was shit, like literally shit. I'm covered in shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then then it goes on to talk about, you know, the farmlands and the cobbles and the dust and the rain and the everything sticking to you and tasting awful kind of of the day. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. So Lauren Hall and my favourite things were the so Lauren Hall was talking about cat and mousing with Marta Bastianelli towards the end, and um, and I like there's a great photo from Velofocus which has got Marta in front and Lauren behind with just this look of intense concentration in her eyes, just totally. I'm watching you and I'm going to be ready to go. But I'm so happy for her because she's had a bad season and it's you know she she attacked so many times in races, and I just it's just so exciting when one of those attack suicide queens never give up riders um uh, you know goes and goes and destroys it and it was a bit of American day because over in Ladesh Americans happened as well but we'll get onto that later Americans yes. happened 
Yeah, why not? You know, hey, yeah. I mean, I, I think Americans are comfortable with with building a reputation as a force of nature. I, I think that, <laughs> I think they'd accept that. So you know, yeah. yeah. Um, stage four was an ITT, only 11 kilometres, but always a good chance to look ahead at the Worlds. And it's particularly interesting because this was Ellen Van Dyke's first race back from breaking her collarbone in the course. Yep. And we'd seen her doing some sterling, sterling work um, pulling, you know, for, for, Bowl, for Bowles Dolmans. But it's always nice to see Ellen Van Dyke go head, go head to head with Lisa Brenauer, get an idea of the World Road Worlds Championships. And um it was won by Lisa with Ellen two seconds behind, Trixie Warwick 15 seconds behind, then Lucinda Brand uh, 22 seconds behind. Yep. Um, with only, I say this only, <laughs> it only had only four of the, the luscious Ram riders were in the top 10. Only four. Well, you know, I mean, that's barely a team, 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 uh, team <laughs> you know, so. Um, yeah, Velocio Sram, they're definitely on it. Yeah, so, yeah, that's yeah. Lisa, Trixie, Alina Amielusik, and Caroline Canwell. So, yeah, um, yeah, mm, it's, mm. it's, it's, um, yeah, that was the ITT um, in the rain. In the rain. Um, stage five in the rain. <laughs> so, Lisa with the TTT win shook up the GC. But actually, it was quite interesting because. Um, uh, Lucinda Brand, who'd been up there in the t- yeah. up there in the TTT, was 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 um, four twenty two seconds back. So it's kind of um, all you know, kind of nice nice GC battle. Yeah, yeah. So then stage five, the last stage before the Calberg, tons and tons of. I mean, all of these have tons of attacks. I mean, even the T ITT. <laughs> yeah. You just have to see. It had a surprising number of attacks, and the break nearly got away. It was very unusual for an ITT, but. My <laughs> my favourite attack was in stage five where there was Talita de Jong attacked and Demi de Jong, her sister, was out with her together. And I really, really wish that break had got to the end because they, I really like sibling rivalry. And, and... <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> like probably the... one of the most aggressive breaks ever as, as siblings just, you know, fought the whole time. <laughs> If you remember that time when you 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 you, you threw my Lego in the toilet? Yeah. No, I'm riding tempo. You stay behind me. <laughs> Just fuck off, Mum. I never liked you anyway. Yeah. T- I'm calling Mum. She's telling you that you have to give me the stage. Yeah. But unfortunately, no, and they're so cool. And Talita rides is twenty one and rides for Wiggle Hunt, uh, Rabbit Bank, and Demi's uh, nineteen, I think, and rides for Bowles Dolman. So yeah, I was I was very excited by them, and especially because Talita had attacked like loads and loads before. But uh, sadly, the break didn't make it. It came down to a um, bunch sprint, and won by Lisa Brunauer with Kirsten Field second and Yolene Dora third. Um, and uh, Lucinda Brand was down in sixth on the same time. But the GC after that, so, um, I mean, Lisa's teamwork by the, the Veloce Stram riders, I know they're not going to be around next year, they're going to be around as Canyon. Yeah. But this was their last stage race and they were really enjoying themselves, it seemed. But yeah, so it ended going into the Kalberg stage with Lisa Brunauer leading the GC. Lucinda Brand's eight seconds behind her, Ellen Van Dyke 15 seconds behind Trixie Warwick, 22, Talita de Jong, 30. And this, bear in mind, we've got both the sprint bonifications, end bonifications, and chances to attack brutally over the Cowberg. Yeah, yeah. You know? And this one, um, Nettie's diary was a video diary. Oh, really? I actually haven't haven't seen the last um, 
diary. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's talking about how she got stuck in her raincoat and couldn't get it off. And she said, she said that's, that's seen as bad as bad when you keep your raincoat on when it's not actually raining because it's bad for the sponsors, but she got stuck in it. Oh, right. And, yeah. What, like the zip broke or something? I have no idea. She's Australian. Yeah. I mean, that could just be like... I might have to interpret <laughs> that. I'll, I'll watch it and I'll report back if there's a, if I, if there's an interpretation from Aussie to normal. Yeah, to yeah. normal. Yeah, you know, like, like, well, because you know, look, all right. So let me just explain for everyone. Sarah knows this as a native English speaker. There is the dialect in the country you're from, be that English English or American English or Australian English or New Zealand English. They're all unique. Um, and then there is normal English, which is English that everyone who learns English as a second language learns. Um, uh. which is more traditionally pure. It's why um, our Dutch and, and Scandinavian friends are often able to correct our English. <laughs> and, and, and they're always right. <laughs> they're never wrong. No. So, so, but isn't that, isn't that like a feature of being Scandinavian is that you're never wrong? I'm not going to be drawn into that conversation. Yeah, nice try. Whew. Yeah, I'm just I'm leaving it alone. I'm leaving. You can go read your own history. It's fine. It's totally fine. I will not be drawn on the topic of have Scandinavians ever been on the wrong side of history. <laughs> not drawn. Not drawn. Not commenting at all. Wales. Not commenting at all. <laughs> so. Yeah, you want to help us out of this awkward spot, or you're just going to sit here and revel in it? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just enjoying, I'm just enjoying it. All right, yeah, all right, that's cool. I'm happy to just wait it out. It's all right. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> Calberg stage live. Did you watch any of it, or were you you were out, weren't you? I was out, um, and it was in the middle of the night. Well, yeah, I got home at a reasonable hour, but being a responsible employee, I then went to bed so that I could get up and go to work in the morning. So, <laughs> You know, this is going wrong. <laughs> I, well, it's it's awkward because, and don't get me wrong, I've asked, but they insist that if I want to get paid, I have to go in. So, you know, I I've tried to make the case that I can make it very much so that it is literally more productive for me to not go to work, and then they pointed out that if I did that, they'd have the right to fire me, and so Bastard. negotiations are ongoing, I guess. Yeah. Bastards. Round one two Bastards. fuckers. Thank you. So yes. if you had not be if you weren't the responsible man we know you to be, you'd have mm. been able to sit up and watch it on L one. It was the last I'd say about fifty kilometers on TV and it's such fun. It's really good. I mean, when we first started in there was just that thing where there's like a breakaway and la 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 la. And then they got caught and then it was just like lunatic attacking. I think at one point Peter Vodervane, who's trying to live tweet it, said, Yeah. None of this is going to make sense unless you're actually watching it. <laughs> it's, like, it's like sometimes when you're live tweeting women's races, by the time you've actually managed to fit something into 100, 100 and how many characters it is, the situations change so fast on the road that it's just like bang, 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 bang. What? Yeah. No, uh, ah. Especially if you're trying to spell writers' names properly, I've noticed. That's, yeah, um, I think that's hard. And, and that's hard enough with a full keyboard. That's even worse from a phone. So. Well, I don't understand, right? 
is that there's some um, some some people who do it semi-pro, you know, like like they're the, they're the kind of like people like I guess like me or the accounts like me who who do it kind of semi-pro. And what I do in these scenarios is I have the names to hand where I can copy and paste them in if I'm not sure about them. I mean, it did take me a long time to spell Anielusic, but you know, like when I'm watching the um, uh, uh, I actually I don't know, say that world... you preload your your phone's dictionary with all the names. Phone, yeah, my phone my phone is preloaded with names and so is yeah. my um, auto check I'm not being funny but the first time I went to when I went to Fresh Will On with, um, with Carlina's team I, I preloaded my phone with everyone's mm-hmm. names and also Twitter addresses so that I could do it because you know I'm semi-pro <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez and that this is what's known as a humble brag <laughs> so <laughs> oh, hell. okay no. No, I think it was just bragging, um, and sarcastic, <laughs> uh, sarcastic brag. Um, so yeah, so yeah, um, but you're like sitting here. Yeah, if if you've got like, so basically, when you're doing something that you're not sure about, like the mountain biking, open up the start list, copy the name in, and paste it. <laughs> <laughs> not hard, people. It takes it less time. But how do I spell Bella Moina? How do I spell Calintieva? I'll just here's here. I spell it. Copy paste. So yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That was a weird aside. Yeah, um, lots of attacks is what you were saying. In tons the, the and tons and tons of attacks, and it was a beautiful race to watch. It was like one of those, you know. Yes, this is why women's cycling is televised. Tons of climbs, tons of attacks. Oh my god, the the the, the Trixie Warwick killing herself as a domestique moment was beautiful. Like just tons of Trixie just destroying herself brutally and there's some photo in the video in the in the summary video that the ladies tour made that the the like you know like how in a youtube clip you pick your um you yeah know, your, you your frame that will be yeah and the frame that they've picked is Trixie lying on the floor next to her bike, lying on the floor on, on grass on someone's like front lawn and just dying <laughs> And it was so exciting because there was so little space between the GC and there was all these riders like, and then you've got riders like um, Elisa Longo-Borghini um, going for it because, you know, this is really good training for Worlds and, you know, Megan Guarnier, the bowls, bowls. At one point there was a breakaway and only bowls were chasing and someone was like, why is no one else helping them? It's like, well, of course you don't help bowls. No, you know, no, I think no. they're going for this this situation where the break's only one minute and 15, or 15 away or something. Yeah, let bowls chase them and then after bowls have exhausted themselves that's we'll 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 sweep in and take them all together yeah exactly exactly it was glorious and there was a beautiful lucinda brand attacking on the descent moment which i would never get bored of there was just stunning and there's a cloudy lichtenberg um uh, solo solo attack there was just uh, oh there was everything it's a great race awesome great great race and um yeah it was uh it was fun um fun 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 but it actually came down to this so it came down and what i was surprised by was was it came down to small groups and every time they went over a hill these groups just got smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller whittle 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 and i would guess it was about nine so about nine riders came to the finish together with about two or three about 20 seconds about 30 seconds behind them um and out of them it was won by talita de young oh wow okay really just Yay, Talita! Talita had a fantastic junior career and she's been domesticing for Rabo. And this is one of those Rabo things where, you know, they'll ride for, you know, the, the, the Rabo plan is that every rider on the team gets a big win at yeah. some stage 
the season. And so for Talita to get that win and she'd been attacking so hard and she'd been fifth in GC and she'd done really, really well. So congratulations to Talita. I was really pleased for her. Um, yep. Uh, second, Elisa Longo Borghini. Third, Lisa Brunauer, which kept her in the right. GC win. Yep, and yep. just on the Lisa Brunauer's win uh, wheel, Lucinda Brand. I mean, Lucinda had done thousands of attacks and yeah fifth Ellen van Dyke sixth Megan Guarnier seventh Roxana Knetemann eighth Amy Peters ninth Claudie Lichtenberg in that little um group and then like the rest just come in in like groups and yeah triples and and, yeah so (laughs) fantastic fantastic race um really really good fun uh really fun race and then the final general classifications won by Lisa with Lucinda second 13 seconds behind her Ellen van Dyke third Talita fourth Elisa Longo Borgoni fifth Megan Guarnier Amy Peters Roxana Knatin Trixie Warwick Annemiek van Vlerten so yeah lovely lovely fun um nice to see both Annemiek and Ellen back on their first race since their hideous accidents um yeah nice to see riders riding onto form for the world yeah yeah absolutely um that's that's cool awesome well from the um the media soaked um you know lands of of the bowls rentals ladies so much media there's media in dutch english german there's tons of photos there's the rider diaries there's the twitter was amazing um swabo ladies were doing amazing live tweets as well richard stieg it was just this was like it's one of those races where yeah and live you know in the last stage live this is this mm. is how mm. you know this is how a women's cycling race run by volunteers can do this yeah yeah absolutely and and this is also literally how the the sport grows you know it's 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 these efforts and, and profiles and step-by-step growth. You know, you, you televise your final stage and next year maybe it's two stages and, you know, on and on and on you build. Um, well, I mean, the, the, re- the reason it was only the last stage is because um, in the Netherlands they have lots and lots of regional TV stations, yeah? Yep. And the one in, in uh, Valkenburg in the Limburg re- region, L1, is, and that's the same place that they have the Ronde van Drenthe, and it's the same place as they had Worlds a couple of years ago. So, And they really like women's cycling, and so L1 will always put on women's cycling. But this is the thing about having like, na- like regional, sta- you know, regional stations. You basically open up your, li- your live streams non-geo-restricted. Oh, before the everyone, so the stream didn't start. <laughs> they had Mariana Voss commentating. Oh, right. So a nobody who knows nothing about the sport. That's awesome. And nothing about this race. Yeah, yeah she hasn't won yeah. the ladies tour like four or five times and she hasn't won the world Falkenberg <laughs> or anything like that. No, she's got nothing to add. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, L1 love it. And and it's, you know, and, and you just know that, I mean, there's, there's, it's no lose really for them because they, you know, in, in terms of if you're a local Dutch team, before it started, the program before the well, the recital say here's the stream, and you know people turned it on just to get their stream, their place in the stream, and it was lawnmower racing <laughs> and shed racing. Oh no! Oh wow! Yeah. Oh. It was amazing. Oh, you're excited by the strangest things. You really are. Like... Come on, shed racing is fucking awesome. I, I... <sighs> I have to defer to your expertise on the subject. Um, you know, I, I remain unconvinced, but unwilling to do the research to form a more informed opinion. Oh, how so, can you not think shed racing is amazing? Maybe it's just a British thing. Is probably they clearly not. It's in the Netherlands. Pro- <laughs> probably due to the lack of beer involved. Probably. So 
Yeah. Anyway, that's enough shed racing talk. It's just... Yeah, so then on the other hand, we have Lardesh. And I felt a bit guilty because the, for the first couple of stages, I was really, really trying to, um, you know, I was really trying to, like follow Lardesh and because I kind of feel like it's unfair on riders when you don't you know these riders are working super yeah, hard yeah. it's not your fault if you're not if you're racing the race that isn't you know the fantastic media coverage yeah, but exactly but then at the same time eventually you just hit this this rut of oh for fuck's sake if they if they're going to help themselves i.e the race um you know like what more can you do and I, I mean even even in trying to prep to talk about it um you know for our recording i literally the only actual information and it's incomplete that i've been able to find has been from cycling australia with their reports on the oz development team yeah. um, and and so that's the only way i've got you know, any information to, to sort of talk about what actually happened in the race. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit, you could gather a little tiny bit from Twitter, but even then, I think it's in the mobile, I mean, I think it's, Lardesh region is incredibly beautiful, like just stunningly gorgeous, but annoyingly in a mobile phone dead, 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 dead zone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's it's been another one that um, that's that's difficult to, to get a lot of information about, but we'll do our best. Uh, it started on stage one with an 83-kilometer race um, that, according to Marv Barris, the, the DS for the Oz Women's Dev team, um, if it were in Belgium, would have been called a Camessa. Um, yeah. So, you know, think tight, twisty roads, lots of road furniture, and blah, blah, blah. And, and, yeah, 83K, so not super long and um, and, you know, a lot of craziness going on, you know, dodging um, road furniture and the you know the tendency of that sort of thing to produce accidents and that sort of stuff um nothing too dramatic but you know there were some there were some crashes and whatnot uh a few attacks but nothing much until about 20 kilometers to go when Teresa medvedova for b pink got away and built her advantage out to about 40 seconds um and around that point a couple of other riders um started to try and bridge across which is when the teams the bigger teams organized a little bit and started trying to pull them back in um, it was actually uh, the mixed international team. Uh, now I'm trying to remember. I think it was. I think they were Revka. Was there Revo or something? Revo yeah. um, was there. Was there sponsor? Anyway, um, I'll get to that in a minute. Anyway, they were the ones who who mainly organised. It came back to a bunch sprint, um, and the the sprint was won by Roxanne Fournier uh, with Kimberly Wells in second, and Emily Collins, who was riding for Tibco in third. Uh, Lauren Rowney came in fourth and Kendall Ryan in fifth, also riding for Tipco. Um, so that set up the the uh, first stage. Um, one thing I did want to mention just from the OzDev thing, because uh, I did think this was actually interesting. Marv wrote that the debrief after the race was interesting because, you know, um, Kimberly got second and back in July he writes, a podium would have been celebrated with a three-day street party as it seemed so out of reach. Now we were sitting around with riders putting their hand up and saying, I could have done this or that better because they acutely felt that the distance that separated the team today from a potential win could be found in something they could prove, improve on. Um which I thought was interesting, you know, particularly from the point of view of a dev team. It's, um, you know, and that's exactly that why nice. they run those programs to, to yeah. get the team and the riders to that point where they believe, you know, winning's possible and that their contribution to the team could have changed something. So that was quite interesting. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. On uh, day two, 
and uh, this was a, the dual stage day, so uh, time, uh, time trial in the morning, 10.7 kilometres um, in St. Martin d'Ardèche. Um, and um, again, narrow, twisty roads. This one was a course that um, on paper looked flat and technical, but in reality the roads were really, really narrow and the um, turning and, and apparently... Uh, you couldn't even mount a spare bike on the team car on the roof because um, there, there are a couple of tunnels that were so low you couldn't get through. <laughs> Brilliant. What's yeah. the point of team cars? And that, I mean, yeah. you know, I suppose you can give them water feeding. Well, yeah. and, and I guess because it's a time trial, I guess you throw a spare bike in the boot and just hope to fuck you don't need it. But Time yeah. trial with tunnels, that is weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a couple of blind corners and bumpy roads and all that sort of stuff. So it was a bit of an unusual kind of time trial in terms of, you know, not the not the sort of um, slightly more open um, and flatter or rolling courses or even a, a straight-out climby time trial. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, um, Lawrence Stevens won with a one-second advantage over Taylor Wiles. Reva, that's the, yeah. Um, and 22 seconds on Rosella Ratto, who was also riding for... So who was Lauren Stevens riding? Who was, who was, who was um, uh, Lauren, Lauren Stevens, Stevens riding? She's riding for Tibco. She's riding for Tibco. So, yeah, yeah. And Taylor Wiles is right. Now, I have this thing about mixed teams because right. I don't get it. I don't get it. And they only seem to appear in a couple of races throughout the year where you can have a mixed team. And I think they're only allowed... And I don't get why they're allowed. I mean, on the one hand, I love them because it means that riders whose teams aren't entering still get to ride. And, you know, if you're Taylor and you're not picked for the Velocio SRAM team for uh, for the you know to, yeah. for, the, for, for the Holland Ladies Tour, you get to do it. But it just seems a bit odd. I kind well, of feel like they, I just, kind of feel they like... best make sense to me when you get a rider like so. For example, also in that team uh, was Lex Albrecht. Um, you know, from Canada. And so I, I, to be perfectly honest, I'm not sure if this is why she, she wrote it, but to me, a mixed team makes more sense in the sense that maybe she went there to try and pick up some more UCI points to strengthen up. Well, yeah, but, you know. but, but, but I don't get, but I don't get, I mean, I'm sure there are teams who weren't able to go because there were mixed teams instead. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So there's, there's teams who haven't got a place in this race because they're taking mixed teams in, in instead. And I don't think that's right. I kind of think that, so, so basically you get to have for national teams and for pro teams, your riders get to pick up points, but they don't, but you don't have to pay any money or do anything for it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like I don't, I kind of sort of understand it when it's a mixed team, like, um, you know, so in the in the past they'd have mixed teams that made out of two teams, so it might be a mixed team out of I can't remember which one it was, but the comedy one where um, they had like bright green and black and white jersey mashup. But yeah. I don't, I don't really, I don't know, I don't know what I think about it because you know, if you're if you've not been picked to ride, that's fine. But when you have like a couple of riders from the same team, kind of in a mixed team, you think, oh, could you not just have like I don't know, it feels weird. I, I, I don't know what I think about it. It's like, and I, and I don't get why it's only allowed in certain races as well. Like, Lardesh is, is always one that has mixed teams. But, like, national teams don't have to send their riders, but riders still get points. Yep. And trade teams don't have to send their riders, but they still get to celebrate the results. You know? So, yeah. I, I mean, I understand. I, I, I understand your point. I, I have no answer for you, though. I literally... I'm I'm probably even more mystified than you. 
Um, I would yeah. love it. I would love it if you could um, just consult with your contacts at the UCI. Maybe give Brian a call when we're done recording and just ask, <laughs> ask him. Um, you know, you've well, got. I, I just, he's I, number four on your speed dial, isn't he? <laughs> the UCI. I've never even had a response when I've sent I've sent emails to the UCI and to people who work on the Women's Commission asking them questions in a journalistic capacity. I have never had a response from the UCI ever. So I've just given up. Like I, I never have a response from the UCI Twitter. I've never got a response from emailing them. I can I, just, I can just, only just assume I can only assume that's because they listen to the podcast. <laughs> I don't think they listen to what the we podcast. have to say. <laughs> I wish I wish they listened no, to the no, podcast. No, no, big fans no, listen every week. I will say I will say Tracy Gordry is a amazing and super friendly and 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 will you know you'll tweet her question on twitter and she'll reply to it when she's got the time and she's fantastic but she is not uci staff yeah, you know what i mean yeah. she's UCI elected official and that's the difference i kind of feel like yeah it's yeah. it's i just don't i just don't get it it's it's strange to me nice nice it's um I, anyway I, mean, I, think that's, I think that's technically the uci's you know defined persona isn't it just strange to everyone um, yeah, anyway, so, all right, so the, the second stage on the day, which is stage three overall, um, is a 65-kilometre road stage, um, and it's it, it, it's sort of an interesting one because it's not yet one of the super climbing stages. They come next, um, but it's the one that sort of leads in. So even though it's short, it's got a, a tough climb at um, kilometre 27, and then there's a whole bunch of descending and then a second climb leading into a 13k descent into the final 7k to to get to the end of the stage so you know it's one of those um not brutal climbs but punchy enough it's going to hurt and then you're going to have to chase like crazy to get back on and then it's going to hurt again and then you're gonna have to chase like crazy and and so on um so that's essentially what happened they get to the the main climb and um the russians started um smacking it on the front just putting the hurt on most of the um, sprinters just got um, churned out the back pretty quickly and everyone else was sort of holding on for for what they could as i got to the top of the climb um, the attacks into the descent started and um, and that was where it kind of really went nuts um, and then eventually there was a group of about five that got out um, that didn't include lauren stevens so that was kind of interesting um, and that changed the the uh, sense of urgency in the chase behind. So yeah, then they got to the last climb, and basically the the main chase group pretty much got back. And that was when Taylor Wiles and Elena Kuchinskaya for Severo Futon uh, got clear and built up about a forty five second gap uh, with Tibco doing the chasing. Um, so that was that was kind of what. Uh, led into the end of that stage. Um, Wiles attacked within the last kilometre to win the stage and take the overall race lead. Um, so the results on the stage wound up being uh, Taylor Wiles in first, Elena Kuchinskaya second, Valentina Scandalara was third, Tiff Cromwell in fourth, um, and Shayla Gutierrez-Ruiz for Lointec in fifth. So... That does sound like a really exciting stage that I yeah. would like to have known about. I know that's that's kind of and that's kind of the frustrating thing is the more about the race that I've been able to to gather, it sounds like it's been fantastic racing, and I just wish there'd been more anything 
about it, to be honest, you know, mm-hmm. or anything. Diaries, Twitter, blogs, any kind of videos would be just fucking brilliant. But anyway, that's um, that's not the world we live in. So uh, on the GC, that meant that Taylor Wiles had put together a 27-second lead over Lauren Stevens from TIPCO, um, Rosella Ratto in third, um, and that was the, the GC picture after stage three. Mm-hmm. Uh, then on stage four, well, this is this is an interesting one, and this one I do want to share a little bit of Marv Barris's race report for Cycling Australia because, um, well, yeah, I I have I have I, I found it I found it an amusing report, but I also found it a little bit weird. Um, but I bear in mind, I think that Marv speaks a lot tongue in cheek. He's oh yeah, he's, um, he's, he's Quebec. He's not proper Aussie, is he? He's Quebec. He's Quebec Canadian, and he yeah, has yeah, a very no. dry. It's got a very, very strong sense of humour and stuff. So oh, I don't definitely. think... I, I just talk... We'll, yeah, just yeah, say, yeah. say your... Yeah, no, it, it definitely, yes. And I think that is a good good point to make. It's 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 very clear that he's, you know, joking and, and being funny. It's just um, an interesting thing, mostly to me, because I disagree with his objective. But that's all right. Yeah, but, okay, carry on. So... His opening statement for the brief on this stage, so it's a, it, it was a 115-kilometre stage between Privas and Villeneuve de Berg um, with three mountain passes in the first 70 kilometres um, on the probably some of the most technically challenging roads of the, the race. Um, and so Marv's uh, thing says um, that on, on this stage, the only objective that matters is to win the Thierry Claverole uh, Memorial Prime at kilometre 97. Um, this is the only information you mark on your stem and the only thing that matters today. Um, and he goes on to say he's made this statement for every tool that Adesh he's taken a team to. Uh, and and because he does that, you know, a few of the, the uh, team members who've raced with him before sort of nodded and, and you know, knew what it was all about. But um, then... He says, Her Royal Highness Tiff spoke up. So, what's in it for us? Well, what do you mean, besides the 500 euros and the glory? Yeah, how much does it mean to you? And Marv is, uh, says, I wish I could say I was flabbergasted, but I've been working with HRH Tiff for as long as I've taken teams, so I wasn't new to the song sheet. What would you like? So, long story short, Tiff goes, um, if, if we win the prime, you'll do our watch for the rest of the tour, take us to the beach on Tuesday, and take us out for dinner on Tuesday night. <laughs> so Marv agrees. Now, the reason that he values this um, this prime is because a very good friend of his, um, Thierry Claverley, um, his, his mate Willie is Thierry's brother. And, um, and so um, winning this prime, which is in the memory of Thierry, um, is sort of personally important to him and connects, you know, as he says it, it's one of those things that connects his past as a writer to his present as a as a team director. Um, and so it, it's, you know, a, a kind of sweet and personal thing for him. Anyway, uh, long story short, Tiff did win the prime. Uh, so <laughs> he did have to live up to it. Uh, but apparently it was um, one that he said when she finished, he was like, so excited. He had goosebumps over goosebumps. He said, I never thought Tiff could ever make me this happy. Anyone who has witnessed Tiff and I relate to one another will understand the significance of this statement. So <laughs> there you go. Um, definitely, you know, just for that story alone makes me wish desperately that I'd been able to see how that stage played out. Um, but apparently, basically, the action was um, pretty intense. 
Um, and it was a, a process of um, damage being done on the climbs, but then the real damage on the descent. So the downhill riding here is so demanding that bigger gaps appear more than at any other point because basically, as we've talked about before, one of the biggest skills in descending is not being afraid. Um, mm. And it takes a real confidence in bike handling and, and all sorts of stuff to, to be able to do it. Um, he Marv says that Ellen, uh, Ellen Skerritt, described it as a very humbling day as an Australian bike rider, and he understands exactly what she means by that. Our girls were challenged in ways they could never imagine. Janelle uh, Crooks swung on the elastic of the front group for the last 40 kilometres and finished delirious, eating near-raw eggs with her bare hands to sustain herself. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the third race within a race is the gnarliest and scariest because Kimbers, Kimberly Wells, and Jess, Jessica Mundy, found themselves in a drifting group early in the race. They expected that and they knew what they had to do, but what they didn't foresee was that Kimbers had a nasty crash with 45k to go, smashed helmet, concussion, and no support because the race was broken up and so just her teammate to look after her. Um, Yikes. Yeah, and so after a short break, the two got back on the road and finished the race by themselves. And it wasn't. Oh my god, like, they shouldn't be riding. You shouldn't ride with a concussion. Fuck me, that terrifies me. Jesus yeah. Christ, what race? And, and Jeez, so, like, you, like, is there no race? Is there no race cover? Is there I, no like? I, well, again, I, I, see, I, I, but this is this is part of the black hole that we operate in because I, you know, we get this race report written after the fact, and as Marv says, he didn't even know about it until they got back to um, the end of the race. They they didn't know so. Yeah. Oh, so they're not. Oh my God! It's it's like oh, yeah. I just French races, man. French, no, no, sorry, specifically French stage races because the the the, the GP deploy is fantastic, and I won't have a word said against it. But French stage races, races, this is what they're like, and I just don't, I can't. Uh, I'm just yeah, I'm tired yeah. of talking about it. Do you know what I mean? It's just Sure, sure. So anyway, on the on the stage, the results, Valentina Scandalara actually won the stage. Um, Yay, Valet! Yeah, I'm always awesome happy when Valet wins a stage. Um, and Tiff Cromwell, in addition to winning the prime, actually came in second on the stage. Um and in third was Severin Aro for Poito Charentes Futuroscope. So what is your problem with the Preem? Because I think that's an adorable story. And I also don't think that they're... Um, I think that's oh, no, just I really think it's sweet a, and lovely. I, I, I totally agree that it's a lovely story. But, you know, I, the bit I disagree with is that that's the only objective. I mean, I, know, I, know it's, I know it's tongue-in-cheek, but still, there's just part of me that's like, fuck it, no, you, you go for the best result. You go for the best... So, you know. I think, I think you're wrong on this one. I think I'm right on this one and all other ones. and that's... I think you're wrong on this one. You think I'm wrong on all other ones too. So, That's not you know, true. I you do. I think you're wrong right now. You constantly think I'm wrong. No, that's not true. That is. That's... I know your name is. I know your name is Mr. Right. Yes, but that doesn't change the fact that you believe constantly. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> myself and my genius i bet you've never had that joke before in your life you know for a fact that i have <laughs> you know you know for a fact that one of my most shameful teenage stories comes directly from that and it's like I, I don't feel i don't feel inclined to to retell for the benefit of our audience much I as, like I, you should tell much as I, I love them I feel like you should tell the Mr. Right story. I, yeah, I know you feel like I should, but that's not the point. So, oh. you know, 
just because an incredibly beautiful woman once wrote that she'd met the Mr. Right everyone talks about on my arm doesn't mean that everyone needs to know about it. That's Dan's surname is Wright, if you don't know. And oh, he... you honestly think they couldn't work that out? I mean, jeez. I, I I had to explain Pokemon the other week. Oh yeah, but Pokemon's weird. So yeah, so Dan, oh. bless his heart, bless his heart. That this was one of many, many stories about this poor, poor, poor Jesus. teenage girl oh, who was spending no, no, a lot of no, time Jesus. loving no, him. You're making this even worse because and he you're embellishing it all the wrong ways, and it's just lies, oh, scandalous lies, scandalous lies. Sarah once wrote slash fiction about me and a fictional girl <laughs> from high school, and this is the story. <laughs> And it's all lies and don't believe anything she says. And this if is a fucking a lady, podcast about fucking cycling. Okay, so, so let's get back. So what stage were we on? Oh, I think you're wrong. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you do. Anyway, we're on to stage five. Um, there's In Marv's race report, there's some good story about the, the team having a, a tradition to get the Swanee to make a, an incredibly tasty sandwich for the staff. And then they go off and buy whatever awesome food they can from the local area and leave the sandwich out to piss the swan year off, um, which is interesting and also kind of mean, but funny. See, that's, that is, that is, that, that, that is, that sounds, that is mean. Yeah, well, but, you know, it, it seems to be a tradition. So, anyway, and there's a whole side. I, I don't understand why your Swanee would even make the sandwich if it was a tradition that they were going to not, like, anyway. Yeah, yes, exactly. So, anyway, but the point is uh, it was a 98-kilometer stage, um, Which stage are we on? Stage five. Okay. Stage five. Um, and uh, let me, I'm just trying to find the, oh, uh, yeah, and, and this um, this stage includes the Le Col du Pré de la Dame at 1,500 metres of altitude, which is the highest point in the tour. So this is the Queen stage. Um, and average speed, there was a huge headwind. So the average speed was 28k an hour so <laughs> you know you know already you're suffering uh so there was a warm-up lap around um the the foot before they headed straight uphill ally cipollini in in a maneuver that we have never seen before this year started attacking like crazy <laughs> poor ally no you know what i feel sorry for ally because they have in every race attacked like crazy earlier on in the race and it's never never paid off into a win yeah yeah I, I kind of like, I kind of feel like, yeah, you know, like, like last year in the classics, Rabo Liv um, did this in the classics and, and it kind of failed and failed and failed and failed. And then they won the energy water and then they started winning everything. Um, and it's like, but that was this kind of different thing because they were, they, they, you know, they, they, they actually did win things. Yeah. <laughs> so well, over the course of the season, you can look at that tactic and go, yeah, it was. And, and also it made the races incredibly exciting because it was very, very animating. But yeah, yeah the Alley yeah. attacks, I, at this point, I don't understand Alley Cipollini. Well, just, I just don't, just don't get wait, them. Wait till you see them win. Oh worlds. my God. Do they win? They win worlds. So, uh, but they can't win worlds. The team time trial by attacking. It's crazy, but that's how it works. It's, it's weird. Yeah. Anyway, um, so the at around kilometre 15, um, Beatrice Rosato for LA was joined by Ellen Skerritt, riding for the Oz women's dev team, um, and they built out a lead of about a minute 15. 
um, heading into the Col du Prem de la Dame at uh, kilometre 25, but they were swallowed up by the bunch with 4k to go in the climb. But the, basically, the race was just torn apart by by that, and then the fast downhill on the other side. Um, you know, allowed some groups to reform. Also, um, you know, like we mentioned on the last stage, some of the descending just, you know, broke certain things up even more. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, eventually, um, LA got Eugenia Fernandez de Souza away um, and was joined by her teammate Malgorsta Jasinska, Anna Potokina is amazing for Severo Futon and Lex Albrecht for Riva, uh, which was a nice sort of tactical manoeuvre for Riva. Um, and they got out to about a minute and a half uh, by kilometre 70. Now, remember, it's 98 kilometres, so getting into the final third of the race. Um, and then that was when Riva sent what was left of their team to pace the bunch, which was really interesting because uh, it was just, you know, because I, I, it's hard to say, you know, because without seeing it, it's it, you know, I can't really tell you why they felt they needed to do that, but they did. And um, Miles said it was quite weird. Was that not because was that not because they had um, Taylor in the in the leader's jersey though? Yeah, but they had Lex out, out the front, and there was yeah, but one... Taylor's in the leader's jersey. Yeah, but there's no one. Like, you... There's no one. There's no one who's a threat though. They could have held that comfortably. Right, but how far? I mean, how far was she in the lead? Twenty-seven I seconds. Mean, I mean, did they even have? Did they even have a DS when they're being a mixed team? I don't know. I I don't know. Anyway, the is... point being, apparently, it was quite a sight to see. Um, Valet Scandalari, who was wearing the blue jersey, Rosella Ratto wearing the white jersey, and Taylor Wiles in the leader's jersey, setting tempo at the front. Um, so the gap didn't the cap didn't really come down, but um, but it did. Oh, so they were setting tempo. Oh, right, okay, so yeah, yeah. They're, they're not they're not they're not. So no, they weren't trying to okay, trying to reel it in. They were just holding it. But um, it was it was just interesting because um, they um, so. The, the only rider in the break who was a threat to anybody really was Anna Potokina for Savetto um, because she was now technically on the road in third. Um, and so that was kind of interesting. Apparently, Reba did ask Tipco to help and um, their director, who, you know, Ed Beeman, not exactly um, his first race, shall we say, uh, <laughs> kind of, kind of um, yeah, was like... Uh, Sure, how about you send Lex Albrecht back to the punch? <laughs> to... I don't understand, but that's, but that's okay, right? I don't get, I don't get, I don't get it. I don't get why that's a weird thing because you always have some people in the bunch who aren't working. Because sometimes, you know, like when you're watching the cycling commentary, and we had this uh, with with in Plouay the other day when they were kind of making where where one of the where Anna Crossman was making a really big deal about the fact that um, the bowls rider in the breakaway wasn't working in the break because she was working for her riders behind them and yep. actually lots and lots of riders were in the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, the interesting thing is that Reva just didn't make that deal and decided to just go it alone. So um, at eighty-seven kilometres, they they were still leading over the the bunch, not the you know, breakaway, obviously, over the, the final climb, the Calder Tribes, um, at Comba 87. Tipco started attacking then, and that did reduce the gap, but it didn't really change things significantly. Um, and because the race changed direction, they were now, you know, so remember this morning that started off in a headwind, they now had a tailwind. Um, and so basically um, the break 
stayed away. Tipko attacked again, and Krista Doble-Hickok did get over. She managed to bridge, but Taylor Wiles and Rosella Ratto were... Um, were still managing the pacing, and so even under the attack, um, Wiles managed to hold on to a GC position. Ratto suffered a small loss of time, and Doble Hickok won the stage. Um, so, yeah, but it was interesting because you know it was kind of the, mm. yeah. I mean, I, in a recurring theme, I guess for this this race report, I just wish I could have seen it. You know, uh, mm. so stage results, um, as we say, Christabel. Doble Hickok for Tibco won the stage. Nogurt's Jasinska uh, for Ale Cipollini was in second. Lex Albrecht um, was in third, which is cool. Anna Potokina managed in fourth. Um, and Yoenia Fernandez-Souza for Ale Cipollini in fifth. Um, mm. The shakeup on GC meant that Taylor was still in first, still has 27 seconds over Lauren Stevens, and Rosella Reto was now a little further back at 55 mm. seconds but essentially the same. Uh, heading into stage six. So this was the longest stage, 136 kilometres, um, and the final stage being 128, but you know, this is the longest one. Um, five mountain mm-hmm. passes. Um, and so, yeah, bit of a bit of a brutal, brutal um, stage, really. You know, starting to get, get hurt and tired and blah, blah, blah. Um, so the day's main climb was the Col de la Valouse, um, at kilometre 67. Um, it kind of, uh, blew out the, the, you know, everyone who was suffering was sort of dropped off the back of the peloton straight away. Um, Joe Hogan for Tibco lit things up in the approach to the second major climb, the Cote de l'Arac, uh, at kilometre 101. Um, and while that wasn't a successful move in its own right, it did sort of, um, kick off all of the the attacks, and eventually, Anley Kuckelhofer for South Africa, aka Anley Victorious, who yes. you might know better that way. True, good point. Um, also, I doubt very much that I pronounced that surname correctly. So. I was enjoying that. <laughs> yeah, um, and um, and again, Malkozatsa Jasinska for Ale Cipollini chased, but she got um, her. I don't know any more detail than this, but her bike broke. Um, so, yeah, teammate gave her a bike that let her finish the stage and, and actually get enough points to take the Queen of Mountains jersey, which was nice, but, yeah. Um, anyway, um, I, I'm going to try it again. Kachelhofer, um was built about a, a break of just over a minute. Anna Santa... Oh, Santesteban <laughs> Gonzalez... I am loving you yeah, today. Yeah, I know. Awesome. Um, tried to come across, um, and that was sort of when the rest of the attack started started coming. Met Taylor Wiles had to sort of fight it out and pay close attention and blah blah blah. And the long story is that um, the break stayed away, and um, and Lee Kuckelhofer won. Finished with thirty uh, with with fifty seconds over Santa's best. Mm-hmm. Yes, Santa Esteban. So, Anne in first, and Santa Esteban Gonzalez in second, and Emily Collins riding for Tipco in third uh, on the stage, and basically nothing changed on the GC. And that leaves us with stage seven. Now, stage seven. 
I have literally no information on what happened except the actual results. So <laughs> I can't tell you anything except that it was 128 kilometres. Um, but the stage was won by Lauren Kamansky for 2016. Um, Amelie Rivat for Portois Charentes for Turoscope in second. Ogorts de Jasinska in third for Ale Cipollini. Um and yeah, so I I really can't tell you any more than that. But what that did do was leave the overall GC with Taylor Wilds in first, Lauren Stevens at twenty seven seconds in second, and uh, Rosella Ratto in third. So that's that's the that's the saga of Lardesh based on very little information. So Taylor Wiles obviously very happy and excited to win, thanking her her teammates Valet Scandalara, Lex Albrecht, and Rosella Ratto for helping her. Um, my favourite tweet from Taylor was actually um, in response to Tiffany Cromwell congratulating her um, on the on the overall victory. Her reply was, "Thanks for letting me follow your wheel on those wicked fast descents. It was like a free roller coaster." <laughs> so. I did. I did enjoy that one. Yeah. Ladesh. Yeah. Ladesh. Mm. Woohoo. Yes, if a race happens in France and nobody sees it, did it really happen? Well, yes, but, yeah. you know, still. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I can't. I just, it's Ladesh, isn't it? I just, I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. So anyway, moving on from there, let's uh, let's go let's go talk about mountain bike, I guess. Mountain bike, yeah. <laughs> um, talking going for something with no commentary to having everything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Although, can we please please promise me we're not going to talk about men's mountain bike again? Okay, well we have to talk about men in one pace because I have mountain bike relay. Oh, fine. Fine, fine, but can we start with good mountain bike? Um, good mountain bike. So, okay, mountain bike world. It's mountain bike and trial world. It's in Val Nord in Andorra. Um, obviously beautiful, obviously fantastic media because this is mountain bike. And loads and loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of racing because you have the juniors and the under-23s and the eliminator and the relay and the trials. Trials with different size wheels and it's all very exciting so if you go to our blog prowomenscycling.com you can see my links my my posts full of videos for everything and you know you start off with like helmet camera course and stuff like that and it was kind of massively massively fun and also massively rainy and mountain bike in the, the rain becomes very complicated i was trying to I was explaining this to someone that who was asking me about the downhill like you know do they get the chance to see the course first or do they see it blind do they ride right, it blind yeah, yeah. And yes, um, before each race, the riders get a certain amount of time on each of the, you know, of, on each of the courses to see it. And with downhill, they get like a, a, a day where they track walk, where they basically literally walk the track. And then they get a day, you know, they get two days practice um, with live timing um, in a World Cup that would be qualification. And then they get a, a bit of, they get a practice run before on the morning of the Worlds. And the reason that they have so many runs like that is because the conditions can change brutally. Yeah. Yeah. And it starts out. So, and even what you see on the track walk changes because after you've had like you know hundreds and hundreds of runs down it yeah the yeah. ground is all rutted up and crazy and you know lines are formed in it and yeah. blah 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 you can take you know if you you get stuck in the rut stuck stuck in the wrong line you're, you could be fucked as people as we saw in the women's world yeah and yeah. so 
And in the downhill finals, for example, it started out wet, but by the time, you know, in the first runs, by the time the last men were coming down, it was completely dry. So it's a very, very weird, you know, it's a very kind of interesting thing. There's all these like... Yeah, because, well, because... Mad things. It, it's, it's, I mean, it's very similar to a time trial because, you know, the conditions on the course change throughout the course much, of the day. But it's much, much more dramatic. Yeah, it's yeah. It's much, much yeah. more, it's like... Because with some, you know, with the time trial, you don't necessarily, you don't have, um, for example, you know, you can't really go from mud. You're still on asphalt. You're still on tarmac, yeah, yeah, aren't no, you? All, all, I mean but is, all I mean is, though, that, that for people who haven't necessarily followed mountain bike before, it's similar to a time trial in the sense that um, the the course is dynamic because you're looking at it at different points in time. So, so much has changed around it. You know, it's repeated runs over the same course at different times. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we start out with the eliminator and the eliminator you have four riders racing around the course like one you know one one lap of the course and the top um I think it's two could be the top one go through to the next round it's a bit like a you know it's a bit like a Kieran or something like that on the track and that was won by Linda Indigand of Switzerland then we have the cross country relay which is interesting because that's one lap of the cross country course yeah um and you and it was ridden and the, and, the, and it was you know one by one by France uh, with Pauline Franprevot the female rider they have four men and three men and one woman and it was won by france hurrah for pauline um who actually had a nasty crash and 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 banged up her jaw so you're trying so she's kind of wasn't sure if she's going to even be able to ride uh then we moved on to the junior the next day we had the junior cross country and that was won by martina berta of italy Yep. The trials, your woman Janine Jungfels from Australia won, um, beating out Tatiana Janikova who's sort of, of Slovakia, who's been like the trials champion of the world for everything. Nice job, Janine. Well done. Yeah, Australia, Australia, rah. And then Ramona Fortini of Switzerland won the under-23 um, under women's cross-country. And then we came to the big races, the elites, okay? Now, in cross-country... Um, Yolanda Neff, last year it was interesting because in the under-23s, Pauline Fran-Prevot versus Yolanda Neff was the biggest matchup of the season, but they couldn't, they'd been, you know, defeating each other in World Cups all throughout yeah. the season, but they yeah. weren't allowed to ride elites. This year, Pauline's over 23, and Yolanda was given special, special permission to ride in the, in the, in the elites, yeah, oh, which was really nice, nice because, yeah. you know, nice of nice of the UCI to actually let that happen well so to, to recognize you know that that's what well, should have happened really yeah but it was a very interesting race because Yolanda started as definitely the favorite yep. but also riders like Annika Langvad and obviously and uh, you know who's who's who'd, who'd come back on one Val de Soleil and Pauline Franprevot oh, another favorite now if Pauline won she'd be the first woman to hold the road world championships titles in road um, cycling world championship cycles in road, cyclocross, and mountain bike at the same time. Right. Yes. So lots and lots of pressure for Pauline, and also Pauline because she hasn't ridden all the mountain bike world cups was gridded further back because they started. It's like cyclocross; they start you back, they grid you by your um, by, by your, your results. By, yeah, by your yep. rankings. Yeah. So if you're at the, you know, if you, so basically, if you're in the second row or the third row, you've got a lot of riders to kind of squat. Yeah, squash a lot them. of work to try and get through the the pack yeah. to to get there. Yeah. Yeah, so really exciting, and they started off with Yolanda Neff, who's got a very, very fast start, going out and killing it and getting right at the front, mm. and Pauline working her way back through, you know, working her way through the other riders, which you know is a good cyclocross rider she's used to and a good mountain biker, but Neff starts fading, and Pauline takes the lead pretty early on in the oh, race. Oh wow! Okay, and it's out. 
and despite the mad chases behind her, rides solo and wins. Cool. So she did it. She got the. She is now wearing. She's now got the mountain. She's also got. This is quite funny. So, so everyone's like, oh my gosh, she got three national no, no, world, world championships. Yeah. No, she's also got four because she's also got the relay. Oh, no, no, relay doesn't count. So I'm counting it. So <laughs> if, if, if I count Team Pursuit on the track and if I count... right, okay. well, yeah, but then again, you do tend to count everything, don't you? So yeah, I count everything. So yeah, so yeah, yeah. so um, yeah, Pauline Fran Prevost massively historical and also very interesting because she said before like I think Chris Moranhout said last year before she won Flesh Wallon that Pauline had been felt feels the pressure you know she feels like she yeah, she, she, yeah. she get very anxious and felt the pressure and it meant, meant that she was second guessing herself but obviously not anymore as we saw when she won the world championships on the road and then cyclocross and now mountain bike and yeah I mean she's yeah, not she does, first... she does seem to have got over that particular hurdle doesn't she yeah, I mean, she is not the first ride, woman rider to have three world championships disciplines at the same time because, you know, of course, a lot of riders ride track and road at the same time. Yeah. And, you know, and, and obviously you've got Mariana Voss, who's, I don't think she ever held them at the same time, but she, you know, she tracked mountain bike and road. Um, you know, I mean, yeah. it's funny. The other thing that's really, really, really funny is that um, Pauline. Um, people go, oh my god! Is you know, this, has she taken over from Mariana Voss? It's like, nah. She needs to add like a couple of Olympic golds. <laughs> <laughs> and well, you know, you know like, next year is an Olympic year. I mean, it's not. Yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah. It's not outside the realms of possibility. But so, so good. Like really good racing, and, mm. and it, it's it's very interesting because Pauline doesn't ride all the. I was trying to think. I was thinking about this because in cyclocross. Uh, I think Sanna Kant had been quite damning about you know riders who don't ride the full season and yet right. win win the world and then win the world coming and win the world cups and she thought that was unfair, and I disagreed with her then sort of and I disagree with her now because I and I was thinking about how interesting it is that Pauline Fran Prevost um, doesn't ride. Like that, like lots of riders don't ride all the mount, all the road world cups, and no one really minds. And I guess that's because it's yeah. a team sport, yeah. you know? Yeah. No, but, I, I understand that, but at the same time, you know, uh, I, I think it would be different. I think it would be different if a rider only rode cyclocross, but only rode the World Cups or something yes, like that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 And I do, and I do, um, I do kind of feel that. Uh, Actually, I don't, you know, it, I, I do have an issue with people who only like, for example, Hannah Solovey rocking up at the uh, um, at the World Championships, um, you know, of ITT and winning when she hasn't ridden anything else. Yeah, I find that problematic. And I'll find it, you know, and I, yeah. you know, we've talked about Kristen Armstrong, for example, although she does ride, you know, she has been riding more races this year. But I, I, I don't know. I feel like this is different because she's ridden enough World Cups. Yeah, you know? and, like, and, and it's not like it's not like she's and and this is the distinction I was trying to make is you know like a rider who was specifically targeting only those races in that one discipline and was basically trying to take advantage of riding a lighter schedule in order yeah. to to garner better results would be a slightly different thing than someone who's actually competing across multiple disciplines yeah 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 yeah, yeah. exactly because Pauline, you know because Pauline's not when Pauline's not missed out world cups it's not because she hasn't been bothered it's being because she's you know racing the hero or something yeah, it's, yeah exactly it's, it's, not, it's, it's not that she's cherry picking in order to only ride those races and win them it's that you know she's she's picking those races that fit the rest of her plans and, and schedule in other things so, yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. Um, then, so yeah, congratulations, Pauline. Irina Kalantieva, second. Jana Balamoina, third. Um, amazing racing. Really exciting. You can watch all of that videos on our site, prowomenscycling.com. And then on Sunday, it was the Downhill Worlds. And oh my God, like a race that was probably downhill if you don't know about mountain biking it's a very very steep course you start at the top and the fast you, know, you go down one at a time and the fastest one to the bottom wins and it's um yeah it's 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 kind of uh, it's beautiful and adrenaline full but in this one it was just crash after crash after crash and sometimes it's nerves and sometimes it's in the parts of the course that are you know that's, that, that's problematic and it's it's yeah it's kind of yeah, it's, mm. it's, it was an interesting run, but it was dominated and won as the whole season has been by Rachel Atherton, wonderful Rachel Atherton. Yeah, and I know, I know that run has your favourite thing ever in the world, which is um, a helmet cam recording of it. And I did watch that, and I totally understand what you mean about the course. I mean, I was watching it, and I was literally going, you know, this is what I love about downhill, and it's also why I'm really shit at mountain biking. <laughs> yep. I'm just looking at it going... I would be so fucking scared. I'd be crawling through most of that course. She did that run in like five minutes and change. Um, I'd be, I reckon, a good 25 minutes doing that same. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's it's just, it's fantastic. Mm. It's really, really, really good racing and wonderful. And so, yeah, a... Uh, uh, Rachel first, Manon Carpenter second. You can see her run to, and Tracy Hanna from Australia in the third. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. All yeah. right. Um, uh, what else we had over in BMX? We had the uh, we had BMX in Santiago del Estero in uh, their their Supercross World Cup, also streamed live, which I couldn't even watch because I was just overwhelmed by cycling. And that was both of them were won by Mariana Pajot Pajon from Argentina. Cool. And yeah, um, what else? Oh, yeah, here's something I don't understand, and I haven't had a chance to send you the links, but um, Canadian cyclist and speed skater Clara Hughes published her autobiography, and she's had a couple of interviews. And in her autobiography, she's very candid about her mental health issues, her, um, her, 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 her eating disorders, but also that she had a positive doping test. Really? Yeah, and she says she had a positive doping test back in 1992, I think it was. Um, but she, but she's, um, but she didn't. But she's in 1994, and she said she's run told about it. But she was told, "Don't worry, we'll brush it under the carpet." What? And so she's like, she had no idea how it was ephedrine. She says she had no idea how it got in her system, but it was kind of oh. never spoken of ever again. It was just picked up and brushed under the carpet. That is weird. Is but did does do you know if was that for skating or for cycling? Um, good not, point. Not I don't sure. Know. She, well, said, uh, she said to, to this day. She said to, to this day, I don't know how that happened. I've never talked about it. I had no reason for it. I had no excuse for it. But it's real. It makes me sick. It actually makes me sick because I didn't do anything. And it's so empty to say that twenty-one years later that she says she didn't yeah, take yeah. it, and she's unsure how she tested positive for it. The only thing saying, I can think of is back in the the nineties. You know, every cold medicine under the sun still had ephedrine in it. Well, she's saying, well, I don't know. I mean, the, the thing that makes me think that it wasn't deliberate is that no one knows about this and has ever mentioned it. Yeah. And she's yeah. the one bringing it up in her 
Yeah, or exactly. And and let's be honest, given her profile in Canada, like if it was if there was dirt to be dug, I'm sure it would have been dug by now, you know. Yeah, I mean I I this is the thing that I don't understand about it. So yeah, yeah she's cycling and she's saying that um she's saying that the cycling that Hughes had contacted so so da 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 da. So it was I think it was the um the Cycling Canada cannot condone this manner, however, it was handled at the time. A Cycling Canada statement announced Hughes had contacted the cycling body on August 27th and provided it with a manuscript excerpt detailing the positive st- test. Oh, this is this year. Oh, so right. Cycling Canada says that it, it didn't happen. Lots of other people are saying, oh, well, um, the Canadian Centre for Ethics of Sport didn't exist. However, yeah. there's other... Like, she was told about it by the national team director... And well, and, and some Canadians are going, yeah, that actual thing didn't exist, but there was something else that existed before it, but it did exist. And there was, you know, there were people to know about it. And she's, yeah, so it's basically completely fucking weird. Yeah, that is very, very, very weird. I mean, I the only thing is, is, is why would she mention, I mean, you know, like, obviously, I feel like, is this, is this, you know, is does this mean she was doping? I mean, you know, it's the nineties. Pretty much everyone was doping. But why would she mention it if she what? You know what I mean? Like it's so weird. Like I don't get it. Pardon me. So yeah. So interesting. Yeah. No. I. I. Okay. Yeah. That is weird. 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 Yep. Um. What else? Oh, did you see the Australian Paris Paralympic team asking for donations? Oh. Um. Yeah. Only one. The own. The what is it? One year to go. Video. Yeah, yeah, Paris, yeah. which has Alex Green representing Paracycling. Yes, 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 indeed. It's a good video. Um, I like the approach. I mean, basically what they do is they get, um, you know, as Sarah says, Alex um, is representing Paracycling, but they've got athletes from various other sports, um, and they're all talking about how much training that that year represents, you know. So I'll have two training sessions a day, just over 600 sessions before I get to wherever and so you know um the uh, a swimmer saying you know that's the equivalent of swimming to rio and back and a bit more and stuff like that it's 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 very well done so mm. yeah yeah cool yeah i liked it mm. so yeah um what else um i um honestly i'm not i think i've i think we've covered everything i know of Oh, um, Yara Castelline signed to Rabobank. Speaking of oh, fantastic yeah. young talents, as we were earlier, Yara Castelline's um, yep, yep. junior cyclocross and road um, star. So no surprise she's going to Rabobank. Yeah, no, that's um, um, that's a shocking result. Um, speaking of shocking results, I guess we have to acknowledge that extreme fuckwit Oleg Tinkov said uh, something fucking stupid during the week, uh, um, and uh, he can go fuck himself. That's basically all I have to yeah, say. That, so. uh, Oleg Tinkov, he, he, I mean, I did like Lotta Lepisto calling him out on it, but at this point, people getting shocked and angry that Oleg Tinkov is sexist, racist, and homophobic. It's like, yeah, you know what? Yeah. I, I just don't have yeah, the energy exactly. to Exactly. Water's wet, the sun is hot. We can't see French racers. Um, no, to be honest, I care more about French racers. You know, I'll, I'll think of can just do us all a favor and fucking drop into a hole and disappear. That would be yeah. fine by me. Yeah, ho- yay, Oleg. Yeah, even even with the loss of his teams and his money from cycling, I would not. I would not mourn one little bit with his disappearance. Yeah, um, but we've got more cycling happening. 
um, more cycling happened. We've got Paracycling Road World Cups this weekend, which um, starts, I think, it's the last Paracycling Road World Cup of the year. Right. Um, hurrah, good luck all riders racing mm, in that because, mm. you know, that, that'll be great. We've got three races right now. Right now, we've got the Lotto Belgium Tour, um, which when I was looking down the start list, it's, again, it's weird. The start list for the Lotto Belgium Tour um, basically, it's got um, Lotto Sudal, Top Sobot Flandre, Nenswerd Sonata, High Tech, Park Hotel, Baltenburg. Then it's got um, Anna van der Breggen riding for the Netherlands national team with Flirty Mackay and Iris Slappendel and Amy Peters. Emma Johansson riding for the Swedish national team, Lithuanian national team, Kasia Nuodoma riding for the Polish national team, uh, German national team, Danish national team. Like, okay, and then some club teams. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. That is weird. It, it's a bunch of national teams. I mean, I guess we're coming to Worlds, so it's not that bad. Yeah, but... I mean, and it is kind of, honestly, I feel like, you know, we get to a twilight zone kind of bit of the season now in that last couple of weeks before Worlds, yeah. don't we? So... And also, I think some of the riders are starting to fly out this week. Yeah. But the Lotto Decker Tour finishes on Sunday. And on Sunday, a race that I really don't understand why these teams are going to, which is the um, Giro Toscana. Um, the Giro Feminine Toscana. Oh, you may remember Toscana as for years and years, for for a couple of years, having riders basically neutralise the final stage in protest of the um of, of the of the, of the oncoming trucks yeah. on oncoming traffic, yeah. and then in its final year, in its uh, the year before last, it was stopped because the riders refused to race the final stage. Yep, yep. Um, and then, and up... then the organisers tried to sue some of the riders, and yep. then and For then defamation. last year. Um, most of the big teams didn't go to the race because they were fucking sick of it. And and so this year, I can understand why the Italian teams go to it. Yeah. Because, you know, they're Italian and also it's it's set up in the name of Michaela Fanini, who's a young rider who, who died in a training accident at age just 21. Yeah. So I can see why. I, I kind of have a, a thing where, okay, the Italians, I can understand why the Italians don't, you know, why the Italians might feel differently about it. I still don't agree with them actually going to it. But, you know, okay, I understand. I get that. But I don't get why teams like Bigler are there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, because they're just basically at this point, in my opinion, rewarding bad behaviour. So, you know, it's it's just not, um, it's just uh, why, why are you there? But, I mean, I guess if I'm going to be cynical about it, um, maybe you're there because it gives you guaranteed points. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess so. Uh, yeah, I it's the only thing that and you know that last little bit of form or whatever that you might be looking for for worlds or something i don't know i don't know i feel like it's i feel like i feel i feel i'm completely cynical about it i think they're there because they can get um, hey look i i'm i am always in favor of complete cynicism that's um that's you know right up there with beer and whiskey so but um yeah, I mean, one of the reasons you won't see other teams. The other thing is, is is that we'll also have riders flying out to the states, but we've also got the Chrono Champenois, the um, one of the few standalone ITTs, which is thirty kilometres, thirty-three kilometres, and that's got riders like Tiffany Cromwell, Carmen Small, um, uh, racing there. Again, it hasn't got your big. I mean, it hasn't. It doesn't seem to have from the start list I've seen so far your big, big, big names like your Lisa Brenauers and your Ellen Van Dykes, because I think they'll all have been getting ready to fly to. The states yeah, yeah. Sure. um and at the same time we also have the uh <laughs> the madrid challenge by love welter yeah well yay Ish. yay i, I mean that'll have also have bigler 
I how can Bigler be maybe Bigler aren't at the Michaela at Toscana because Toscana's at the same time as the Madrid Challenge. The Madrid Challenge and so maybe maybe I'm being mean to Bigler. Maybe they're not on there on purpose. But that will have Liv Plantour and it, again this won't have the biggest 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 teams because I think they're all flight. It hasn't got your Rabobank. It hasn't got your yeah, bowls. Yeah, well, but it's just... got but it has got Kirsten Field. Oh really? Okay. It's and this is it, it's up and down. It's up and down the beautiful final stretches of Madrid. Um, you know the same uh, past the past, past the Prado, beautiful beautiful roads, gorgeous yeah. racing. Um, up it, it's kind of um, it's like it's crit like um, up and down the the, the loop. Um, but it's there's but it's a slope, so you know you're going to be shooting downhill on one way round right, and uphill yeah. the other way around the course. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah whatever. Yeah, well, you know, hey, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So, anyway, um, cool. I mean, there's still heaps coming. Is the is the short version? So, I guess we'll uh, yeah. do this again same time next week, hey? Same time next week, Daniel. Um, go to our blog, prowomenscycling.com, and and just admire my. Just even if you just want to, just make me feel better. <laughs> people are actually clicking on it. But yeah, yeah, just just admire all the links and videos, and then leave Sarah a comment saying thank you for all the hard no, work she's done. You don't have to leave this. me a comment. You don't have to leave me a comment. You just <laughs> click on it, and then I'll see the stats, well, and I'll feel better. All right, don't leave her a comment. Just tweet her. You can at, leave me a comment if you want to. Underscore pigeons underscore. Um, you know, and tell her how much you love her on Twitter. Or... Yeah, yeah. Um, congratulations to Natalie Van Gogh, who won of Park Hotel, who won the first stage of the Lotto Bellasol tour. Um, make sure you're following that on on the Lotto Belt. Sorry, Lotto Belgium tour. The hashtags Lotto Belgium tour. Um, uh, it was um, all uh, basically three women breakaway. Hurrah for three, um, with uh, Anna 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 Plichter of the of Poland in second and Cecilia Cecilia Gotas Jonsson of uh, high tech in third. Yep, and um, Lauren Kitchen won all the all of the intermediate sprints, I believe. So um, got the sprinters jersey also for high tech. Yes. Mm. All right. Well, uh, we really should wrap this up because we've been going for a while now, and <gasps> people people have lives and jobs of their own to get to. So, <laughs> well, have a lovely, lovely week, lovely people. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.